You're listening to Breathe Like a Badass, the podcast for ambitious but anxious women who want to cut through overwhelm, negative self-talk, constant comparison and fear so that they can get the inner calm, clarity and focus that they need to build happy, fulfilling, freedom-filled businesses and lives that truly light them up, which is what we all want, right? I'm Hannah, your host, and I am an E slash INFP. Yes, I can be an extrovert and an introvert almost at the same time. And I live in Southwest London with my coffee, very plentiful supply of chocolate, and my partner Ollie. And I use down-to-earth, science-based meditation techniques to support women like you in creating the successful, fulfilling, and incredible freedom-filled life and business that you deserve. Long story short, I help you to be and love exactly who you are so that you can go out and do the work that you truly love and that really lights you up. In this podcast, I interview some absolutely incredible guests on topics ranging from meditation, mindfulness, habits, the power of routine, how to be kind to yourself and just give yourself a damn break, what it's like when you try things and fail, what it's like when you try things and actually maybe succeed, and how to take all of that hard-won life experience to become more fulfilled women, business owners, partners, friends, parents, or whatever it is that is super important and central to making our lives more meaningful, powerful, and successful, whatever that means to us. In this episode, I'm talking to Quinn Tempest. Quinn is an entrepreneur, speaker, brand strategist, and founder of the Create Your Purpose Collective and the Create Your Purpose Philosophy, which is an entire system designed to help entrepreneurs create true meaning and impact through their life and business. In this episode, which was super fun to record, we began with a chat about the power of creativity and bright colours, which we both absolutely love, of course, and then our conversation just got bigger and better from there. We covered how to find your purpose and why it's so important to use it to drive your life and business forward. Quinn's own story from burnout that was so bad she ended up in the hospital and how she turned it around to living a more purposeful and successful life that truly lights her up. How to overcome your own burnout and lack of focus and go from frazzled to fulfilled with clarity and courage. The difference between your purpose and your mission and how to help one drive the other, how to use this knowledge to bring your vision for your business and life to reality, how figuring out what truly irritates the crap out of you can actually be a positive way to discover your own purpose, Quinn's own business and life habits that she still continues to use to deal with her own continuing struggles with burnout, and of course, how to do business in a way that feels good, or to use Quinn's own brilliant words that makes you feel sparkly and tingly. This episode was all kinds of fun to record and I hope that you'll find it just as enjoyable to listen to, but it was also really practical. Quinn actually helped me workshop my own purpose live on the call and we also spoke about her own meditation style and how discovering your purpose goes beyond your thinking mind and is actually all about how you feel in your body. We also talked about Queer Eye Season 5 and the joy of homemade tea lattes with frothy oat milk, obviously. 
As usual, all of the show notes and references that we talked about in this episode can be found on my website at breathelikeabadass.com forward slash podcast. And of course, both of us are totally obsessed with Instagram and bright colours, so if you could screenshot your phone when you're listening to this and tag us on Instagram at quinn.tempest and myself at breathelikeabadass, we would be ridiculously happy to see you over there. That's it for the intro. Thanks so much. Now on with the show. Okay, Quinn, we are recording. Hello. Thanks so much for being here. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this because I know you've got loads of things going on. You've got your challenge that we'll talk about. Um, but firstly, I just want to say I have been stalking you on Instagram for a good few months because I just love how colorful your brand is and your super colourful clothes and your positive outlook. So just thank you for being super colourful presence in my Instagram feed, firstly. Oh, well, the love is mutual because I think we both love colour and we both love murals and we both love happy things. So right back at you. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And I want to ask you more about the colour later in the yeah. interview. So thank you for being here. You are calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Is that right? That's correct. And what does everyone need to know about Phoenix, Arizona? Because me sitting here in little old London, I don't know very much about Phoenix, Arizona. So tell me. Yeah, well, you don't want to come here right now. It's in the middle of summer and we get up to, I think today is going to be 109 degrees, which I, I'm not sure how that translates. I think it's the high 40s for you. So it's like the surface of the sun right now, but otherwise it's a beautiful place to live. I live right in downtown Phoenix, which is super urban. So we actually don't own cars. We walk and bike here, which is kind of unheard of in Phoenix. But, you know, I lived in London for a long time. And so I fell in love with public transportation and taking the underground. And I loved sitting on the top of the double-decker buses and just like riding around for hours looking at the city. So I have a really fond spot for just walking and biking and being an urbanista. And my my city is really really cool and colorful so I get a lot of my inspiration for my brand right in my own neighborhood yeah you do seem to have a lot of really fantastic colorful walls that you can do Instagram shots in front of that I'm kind of jealous of <laughs> yeah we have fun we actually have some of the best murals that I've seen anywhere and I feel lucky to live like three blocks from them because I I tend to stock murals wherever I go and so I always am kind of saying okay how does Phoenix stand up and I'm always actually impressed by how diverse our art is, how colorful it is. And I don't know, maybe it just, it feels like home to me. So that's why I like it, but it's a great place to live. That is awesome. I just, I have had some photo shoots. That sounds really glamorous. They weren't really that glamorous, <laughs> but I have had, I should say, some photos taken in front of a few super colorful mur murals in London, but I definitely need to discover more of them. But they're just so fun, aren't they? They just make everything feel better. You just get a photo in front of a colorful wall and you're like, ah, oh, everything is beautiful somehow. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's a specific one here. It's like a spiral of rainbow colors. And I did my first branded photo shoot in front of it. And I remember knowing exactly what I wanted to do in front of it. I wanted to twirl. I wanted to have my bike in front of it, which now is like, you know, you know my Instagram. Like, it's all about murals and twirling and biking and colorful things. 
but at the time, this was like five years ago and I didn't have a personal brand. So I just wanted to explore what that would be like. And when I got the photos back, I was like, oh my gosh, like I finally now see what I could create and what I could become. And yeah, it sounds weird that a photo of myself showed me that, but it really did. Like I didn't know that I could kind of shape this personal brand to be so authentic to who I was and to where I live. And so I decided to kind of take it in that direction and it's worked out. Yeah, I just really love how you talk about how you can create a brand that is just so unique to you and you don't have to do it by anyone else's way or use anyone else's brand colors. It's, I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, well, I think entrepreneurship for me at least, and I think for many of the entrepreneurs I know, including you, you know, it's a powerful vehicle for self-development and for self-exploration and just to really get to know, well, who am I and then how do I kind of take advantage of all of my talents, my skills, my key experiences that I've gone through and use all of that to create something impactful that create to, to really create something that serves the people that you want to serve. And, you know, I always approach my business like a work of art and not in the sense of like a masterpiece, but like a messy collage that I'm trying to figure out as I go. And I want to set the foundation first. I want to throw on some big pieces. And then there's always going to be glitter and sparkles and confetti. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about just being creative and seeing what happens and trying things and experimenting. You know, I think so often, especially women entrepreneurs, we think we need to fit into a certain mold or we need to follow this blueprint or that strategy or this template. But the more powerful, really that you could take is uncovering who you are and bringing that truth to life in everything that you do. That's more fun even. Yeah, it's not as easy as just accepting what everyone else is doing, but that's really where you make an impact and that's really where you feel empowered. And gosh, empowerment is like a magical place to live in, you know? 100%. We're going to talk more about that. I've got so many more questions for you about all of that later on but the first thing and it's hilarious that we've already been talking for a while and I haven't even asked you technically my first question yet but I just love it I love how we started talking about London and the underground and colors I just think this is just wonderful I'm loving this conversation already but the thing that I always ask all of my podcast guests before we start talking about your story and more about your business mission is what are you most obsessed with right now or loving right now? And it doesn't have to be to do with your business or anything, just something that you're obsessed with. Oh, gosh. Well, Queer Eye Season 5 just came out, so <laughs> I see you're excited. I am so, excited. I, mean, I love it. It just makes me happy. There was, I think it was Episode 2 I was obsessed with and still am obsessed with. It was the one with the black woman entrepreneur in Philadelphia with the dog grooming business. And it was awesome. It was so heartwarming. It touched on entrepreneurship. It talked on the black struggles that we have here in America. It touched on dogs. And it was just like a joy. So that's definitely something I'm a little obsessed with. And my other thing, since, you know, we have to be at home a lot right now with COVID-19 is making my own homemade lattes, especially tea lattes. So I'm getting quite fancy with what I make. <laughs> wow. Okay. So tea lattes. So that's just tea with the whipped up milk, but, but it's tea instead of coffee, right? 
Right. And it's not just tea and whipped up milk. It's so much more. So I like to do like, I'll steep lavender and then I'll steep like an Earl Grey tea and then I'll combine them. And then I'll, I have this like amazing milk frother where I put my oat milk, which I'm obviously now obsessed with as well. And I put sugar-free vanilla in the oat milk and then I combine them for magical morning goodness. Oh my goodness. That sounds like something that could possibly tear me away from coffee. It's unlikely because I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the coffee, but okay, that sounds amazing. You know what? I was on Instagram and one of the adverts that came up was for this tea company and they obviously know their audience because the photo that drew me in was this like bright pink tea latte. And I was like, how is that even possible? And And it's apparently like, rhubarb flavored tea and it's it's with the frothed up milk like you said and vanilla and like exactly like what you said but like it was bright pink and I was like I feel like I need to know more about this (laughs) yeah and you know I do coffee too I like mushroom coffee I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine so I do the mushroom or stigmatic coffee and I do the same kind of latte and sometimes I'll mix it with a chai sometimes I'll mix, mix it with like turmeric so I, I've been having quite a bit of fun with that. <laughs> I love it. I love how all of these obsessions are coming out when we're all in lockdown. It's like, yes. if I can't go out, I'm going to be, I'm going to do it at home. <laughs> right. But I think that's the cool thing, you know, and going back to even like talking about focusing on your business or your life as a creative work of art. You know, the best thing about creativity is constraints, which sounds weird because we're always taught to think outside the box. But really, the true magic of creativity is found within the box, is found when you have constraints either put upon you externally or you put them upon yourselves internally, and you see what happens, you know, because you need to have a box in order to figure out how to work within it. And I think, you know, with this big quarantine and pandemic, it's given us all an opportunity to be constrained and to say, okay, well, you know, what can I get obsessed with? What can I have fun with? You know, what can I do differently? And how can I also redefine what my normal is so that when we do go all back to normal, which I don't know is going to happen anytime soon, we have an intentional plan. And we're not just going back to what we accepted unthinkingly into our lives. We're proactively defining what it is we want now and moving forward. Yeah, I think it has really shown us what's important. You know, when, you, when you're when you forced to strip back everything that is kind of normally a distraction and you're kind of literally sitting with yourself at home all day long, it's like, oh, who am I? Like, what do I need to make myself feel happy? What do I need to stay healthy? Like, it, it starts to become kind of more apparent and and important, I think. Yeah, and I think what you said, sitting with yourself, that's not easy for a lot of people. For me, for you, you know, we're we're pretty well-versed in yoga and meditation, and I think those are techniques to help us navigate ourselves and navigate who we are in the moment. But you know what? Not a lot of people either have access to that type of skill set or training or if they did, they just it never really soaked into their day. And so this has been really hard for a lot of people, too. You know, I have even girlfriends who said, I just can't deal with this lack of activity. I And all of these things are coming up for them and in both their life and in their work because they've just never had a moment to slow down, to pause, 
and it's just brought up a lot. So although like I see it as a really great thing for me to reset and to deconstrain for a lot of people, it's not like that. And I think that's where yoga and meditation and mindfulness and living and creating on purpose comes in so handy. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Totally. So talking of living on purpose, which I know is one of your kind of grand missions. So for people that don't know, can you explain what you do and what your story is and how you came to be doing what you do now? Yeah, so I went to school for acting, uh, you know, studied in LA. That's why I ended up in London. I was studying at a conservatory there. And literally my whole life was all about just being on stage and acting and theater. And pretty quickly after college, I realized I didn't want to do it professionally. I didn't really want to wait tables while auditioning. And I still have friends who are doing it, and I, I give them all the props for it. It just it, it scared me, like the lack of stability. And although I loved acting, I feel like it wasn't something I wanted to monetize. It wasn't something I wanted to make my professional career. And the problem was that I didn't know what else to fill my life with. I didn't know, okay, well, now that I just got this degree in acting, like, what do I want to do, actually? And so the, I didn't end up answering that question. I just took whatever came my way. And the first job I got out of college was in a marketing agency in Los Angeles. And we were in the events industry, and a lot of our clients were in the alcohol space. So it was a little nutty. Like, I was driving all over the city, you know, cartons of vodka in the back seat, like going to the Playboy Mansion. It was honestly just kind of insane. And I can't even believe that that was my life. And so pretty quickly, I burnt out, like really hardcore. I ended up in the hospital for five days, um, just burnt out, exhausted, sick. And even that didn't wake me up. You know, even that didn't show me Quinn, gosh, you're 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 running out of energy. You're draining yourself. You need to slow down and actually assess what is it you want to do in your life. And I didn't actually wake up to that reality until maybe six, seven months after the hospitalization, when I was biking, um, as I do, and I was just trying to get kind of my energy back because I had still, you know, had some lingering effects of that that whole issue. And so I was biking, and I was going about to go up a curb. And if you know anything about biking, you can't go uh, parallel to the curb because your tire is going to get caught and you're going to eat it. You have to go perpendicular. Of course, I didn't. So I went parallel, and I ate it, like slammed hard onto the concrete. And the thing that I remember the most, which I'm laughing now, but it was scary then, was I didn't feel anything. You know, like I didn't feel adrenaline. I didn't feel tears. I, I didn't, I was just empty. I was numb. And I think that, that moment really more than hospitalization, really more than anything else that I was doing was the wake up call was I've just been floating by without knowing what direction I was going in. And now I literally can't feel pain. And that was scary. And so I think at the moment, I kind of made a pact with myself, although I don't, it wasn't ever, you know, a thought in my brain. But I think from that moment on, I just decided, you know, I can't do this. I, I don't need to do this. 
so how can I be more purposeful in the direction that I take my life? And especially the direction that I take my work, because I think the job, I didn't know where I ended and where the job began. You know, there were no boundaries. And so I really needed to define, well, what is it I want to do? And what is it that really lights me up? And so from then on, you know, I did a year-long yoga teacher training, which was super transformational. And during that year, I basically took the time to ask me those hard questions, the, the things that I never really asked myself before. You know, what lights me up? What, and also to remember even the things that had lit me up growing up, which was always creativity and design and communication and theater. And so I just rerouted myself in those things. And by the end of that year of the yoga teacher training, I had my first client. Um, didn't really have a business yet, but I had a client. And from then on, it just became something really special where I was helping to bring other people's ideas to life. And to me, that is empowering because when people can bring something to life that they've been thinking about or dreaming about for so long, like they just feel empowered and you know, my, the name of my game is empowerment. It's to help people do just that so that they can bring their ideas to life and feel that magic that, you know, I started to feel. So now, I mean, it's nine years later in my business and I'm shifting. And as you said, my whole brand is centered around purpose. I just got my trademark for create your purpose. That's my little go-to three-word phrase. And I now have a community of entrepreneurs that I run and I lead called the Create Your Purpose Collective. I just launched the Create Your Purpose Challenge. So it's really, all of this is coming from my own experience of just not having a purpose, never thinking to have a purpose, and taking 10 years to figure out how to be more intentional in my business and my life. And wanting to give that back to other people so that they don't need to take 10 years to do this. They don't need to even take five. They can figure out their purpose and refine it and create it, you know, much quicker than that. So that's kind of my story and just how purpose has been, you know, on the tip of my tongue for a long time, even before I knew what it was. Totally, yeah. So what does it look like to have a business and a life that is living on purpose when you're talking about your community of incredible entrepreneurs who you're helping to live on purpose? So I'm a female entrepreneur. So what would my business look like if I was living on purpose and doing your create your purpose, purpose ethos? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is you, you really stop feeling pulled in so many directions. I think that's the thing that I hear the most when people start working with me is I feel frazzled, I feel overwhelmed, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels, or I feel like I'm doing a thousand things and none of them feel connected. And so really that's kind of the transformation and that's the starting point is being able to focus your energy intentionally and harness your time intentionally towards a certain goal. So instead of doing this marketing project and that business thing and this and that and that, you really know how everything connects and supports your deeper purpose. So I think really, like I like to say, you really go from frazzled to fulfilled because you know where you need to spend your time and energy. The other benefit that I think is really great is you make decisions a lot easier. I don't know about you, but I used to be like just decision fatigue, analysis paralysis, where 
I would really never take steps forward because I was always stuck in this idea of, well, what's the right decision to make? What is the correct choice I should be taking? And really what I've learned over the years is that there's no right or wrong decision, just different actions that lead to different results, right? And if you're going back to that idea of creative living, you just have to experiment. You just have to commit. You just have to take action. And the cool thing about taking action is you're going to get clarity the more that you do things. I think so often we get stuck in our heads trying to think our way to clarity, but really clarity comes from doing something, whether it's attending an event or reaching out to someone on Instagram or just having a conversation with a friend. Doing something, anything will move you forward and give you that clarity. So that's a huge benefit of just knowing your purpose is looking at opportunities, looking at decisions and saying, does this help me create my purpose or does this move me away from my purpose? And it's really more of a binary yes or no, let's move on. But the real work comes with clarifying what that purpose is first so that you know what it is to hold those opportunities up to. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely see what you what you mean. It's it's interesting because it's like with what I do, I talk about helping people kind of get out of their own way and find space in their own mind so that they can get clarity. But I completely agree with you that and this is a phrase that one of my business coaches always says, which is that action creates clarity, not the other way around. But I feel like it's also about getting the courage and just having the courage to just be like, there is no single right answer. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to leap and not know if there's going to be a net to catch me, but there probably will. And I can pivot, you know, if this experiment doesn't work, then I know that that doesn't work. I can try something else. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's really important, but I think if you're someone who's kind of prone to anxiety or you've been burned out before or you're a bit of a perfectionist or maybe you are someone who's really creative i think we can hold ourselves back a huge amount by thinking that there is one single way that we should do something or that we're afraid to be wrong or we're afraid to make a mess or we're afraid to go down a path and it not be the right one and i personally relate to that huge amount in my business you know like analysis paralysis like what and and I think it's kind of a it's sort of a secret hack it's like there is no right path you have to kind of choose one anything and just do that first and then see how it goes kind of right it's it's kind of counterintuitive in a sense to the rest of the way the world works you know in school we're taught there is a right answer you're going to get graded if you get it and you're going to get a bad grade if you get it wrong so i think you know from a very young age we have this belief or or just you know underlying foundation in the world that there is a right or wrong and yes ethically and morally absolutely there are you know but when it comes to business when it comes to entrepreneurship and especially when it comes to building a purpose-driven business it will hold you back more to try to get it right or to try to fit a certain mold and I think what you said so eloquently about courage is really powerful because it is scary you know I can't I can't gloss over this and say it's all glitter and you know roses it's really scary it takes courage it takes bravery and 
you know, that is the reason that I ended up not creating just a course. I created a community because I really think having conversations like you and I are having, having a support network and being able to learn from the people who are, you know, not where we are or where we want to be is just essential to building up that courage, building up that bravery, and finally being able to take action and gain that clarity that we're all looking for. So, you know, if I can say any tip for anyone listening is find someone to talk to or reach out to someone on Instagram that you admire or put together your own support group because I tried to do it all on my own for so long. And, you know, I wish I had it because every time that I have reached out for help, when I've gotten support, when I've even hired people to help me, I have learned so much and grown so much faster than I could have ever done on my own. So just know you don't have to do it alone. And I think you you embody that philosophy so well. And it's something that we all have to remember, especially as women, especially as women in business. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I want to launch my own community later this year, because I just think that it's just really hard, like, being someone who's ambitious, but anxious, someone who wants to help people and do the right thing. But like I say, you know, you're maybe a creative person, a lot of us are drawn to entrepreneurship, because we don't want to follow a set path. And we do want to experiment and live life our way and do things our way but as much as that sounds really liberating on the one hand on the other hand it's really scary because it's like well I used to have a boss telling me what I needed to do and now I don't have anyone apart from me and like how the heck do I know what to do I need some support you know it's like it's it's such a it's such a paradox it's like trusting yourself but also having the the support, sorry, of a community that gets it as well. It's like, it's a challenge. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting how we, since we don't have someone telling us what to do, we end up trying to do all the things. You know, we try to be every single role in our business, and then we get stuck in the day-to-day. You know, we start blaming, oh, I don't have enough time, or oh, I'm not organized, or oh, my marketing's not working, and really, those are surface-level problems that mask a much deeper issue, usually, and when you can start to lead from the core, from that purpose, and really lead your business from the inside out, that's really where the magic comes from, yet I won't say that that's easy, you know, it's, it's not, because we have to do those things, we have to find time, we have to get business, we have to do the marketing, we have to do those things in order to survive. But oftentimes, I found that surviving, especially for women entrepreneurs, isn't the same as thriving. And that's really where we want to be, right? We want to feel that magic in our business every day. We want to really tap into that spark that made us do it in the first place, yet we get so caught up in all of these day-to-day things. And, you know, part of my role is just to help people reset and reroute. You know, it's not that I'm telling them anything new. I'm just giving them a framework to dive deeper in a way that maybe they never have or just haven't done in a while. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, that really neatly kind of comes on to my next question, which is kind of why is it important as an entrepreneur to focus on your purpose rather than to focus on, say, a particular marketing vehicle? Because some people may be new to entrepreneurship or people who have maybe a more kind of classical marketing route 
or backgrounds, they might say, well, thinking about my purpose is kind of not, it's not really necessary. I just need to like, I just need to learn how to do a really good webinar, or I just need to know how to figure out how many hashtags to put on my Instagram or, you know, I need to do those things. Those are, those are what are going to really get my word out there. Like who, who in my audience really cares about my purpose? But I love how you flip that on the, on its head. And I'd love you to talk a bit more about that. Like why is, why is identifying your core purpose as the business owner so important and more important than like the perfect Instagram strategy or the perfect webinar or like what is it that that makes it so important for you and that driving force? Well, I'll tell you a story because I just had a conversation with someone that I work with in my community and she was telling me that for years she was consuming all of this free content. You know, she got Jenna Kutcher's stuff. She downloaded all of these you know, webinars and PDFs and all of this kind of surface level content. And she said, you know, I knew a lot, like I knew about marketing, I knew about Instagram, but what has changed for her is that now she knows why she needs Instagram and how to do it on purpose. She understands, well, why do I need to do a webinar and how to do it on purpose? So she now says, well, okay, now I know how everything needs to connect. And I also feel much more focused in doing those things. So I would never say that hashtags aren't important or Instagram isn't important, but they are more powerful when they can be really rooted in a why, in a purpose. So what I like to say is let your why drive your what, not the other way around or not one without the other. And I think what you were kind of getting at was just focusing on all of the what's. And I'm using my hands a lot right now, and I know no one can hear me, but I'm kind of like thinking, okay, here's this buckle, bucket here, and this bucket here, and this bucket here, but there's nothing to connect them all. And so I think what the power of purpose does is it gives you a foundation and a core that fuels all of those what's. So, you know, one of the things I teach is Instagram marketing. And I see that as a perfect extension of purpose because it is the most powerful channel to communicate your purpose, to spread your message, and to build a tribe around that unique why. And so, yeah, in my community and in my business, I teach people about hashtags. I teach people about Instagram marketing. I teach people about how to do a brand photo shoot, but I teach it within the perspective of how it communicates their deeper why. And that is the magic is when you let your why drive your what, but so many entrepreneurs get stuck in the what's and they never go deeper. Yeah, a hundred percent. I get what you're saying. So it's like, you're not just posting on Instagram or whatever for the sake of it. It's like, you know, you know why you have a strategy. It's all coming from a singular kind of mission message. You know where you're going with it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think the, the best way for me to describe it is I ended up creating a framework to create your purpose. And I think that will best describe the process and how this all fits in. So we started off talking about clarify, right? You have to first know what your purpose is. So you really have to dive deep. You have to create a vision and really understand what that will be. But then the next phase is strategize. So you have to start to think, okay, well, I know my purpose. Now, how do I bring that to life? 
is it through my business? Is it through my work? You know, for entrepreneurs, it's always going to be the first one. Is it through volunteering? You know, there's so many different ways for your purpose to get expressed. And then the next phase is build. And that's where all those what's come into play. That's where you build your website, you build your Instagram strategy, you build your blog, whatever it is. It's all of those building blocks and foundational pieces that really communicate your purpose and bring it to life. And then the final stage is what I call the big magic stage, or it's actually called the align stage. And this is where you start to align your time, your energy, and harness it intentionally to bring it to life. So a lot of times when we talk about align, it's like project management and time management and processes and systems because this is definitely a place that a lot of women entrepreneurs, they struggle with is making time and getting organized and creating a plan. So really, I see that as the entire Create Your Purpose framework, and it allows you to let your why drive your what and then align that why in everything that you do. So I hope that kind of helps maybe visualize it a bit more. Yeah, I think it really explains how you go from sort of the abstract and the ideas and the creativity all the way down to the actual nuts and bolts of actually like finding the time to do the thing. Like that's really important as well. But you're right. There's no point finding the time to do the thing if you don't know why you're doing the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You have to start at the beginning. That makes perfect sense. Um. So could you give me some examples? This might be a bit strange, but I'm not sure if you could give me some maybe anonymous examples from your clients or maybe just use yourself as an example of what a purpose would be for someone listening to this podcast who's like, it sounds really great. I want to find my purpose, but I don't know, like, what would my purpose be? I guess for my business, like, what would you say off the top of your head, you know, what, what, what could my purpose be? Like, I'm a meditation teacher, so... I don't know, like I'm putting you on the spot, so feel free to like throw the question back at me. But I'd love to just hear some kind of concrete examples of like, what does it look like when you have your purpose like written down on a piece of paper? Yeah, so, okay, here's the thing with purpose and the way that I teach it is that it's not a mission statement. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up is they think, oh, it's the thing that I put on my website as to my mission. And it's on my Instagram. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is literally just for you. It is the foundational, broad, almost mantra-like statement that connects the dots between all that you do. So let me share mine, and then we can talk about yours. But I like to say my purpose is, and this is it, I help people bring their ideas to life. That's it. It's one short sentence. It's broad. And why I say that is because your purpose can get expressed in so many different ways. For me, since I'm an entrepreneur, it's 100% expressed through my business. For years, I worked with people to bring their ideas to life through web design, through branding, through digital strategy. But I've also seen it come to life in other parts of my, my world in volunteering. So I used to volunteer at a homeless shelter with children who were four and five years old. They were so cute. And we did art therapy with the group. And I saw that as just another expression of my purpose of helping them tap into their creativity to heal their trauma and to hopefully one day help them bring their ideas to life and really step out of the world that they had grown up in. 
And I've also seen it in other parts too. So I guess my thing is the thing with a purpose is it needs to be broad enough to allow you the flexibility and creativity for it to come to life in different ways. I'm always learning different ways for it to come to life in my business even. Like, yeah, my business is centered around purpose now, but like it didn't always, it wasn't always that way, but my purpose has always stayed the same. So if I were to say anything, you want it to be broad, you want it to feel resonant. And when I say that, I want you to have like a sentence that makes you sparkle a little, you know, that makes you get that like tingly magical feeling. And then it should be uniquely personal. So it should be uniquely you. And I have seen so many different purpose power phrases like this, uh, where you kind of want to create almost like a mantra that repeats in the back of your head. I have um, one of my students who says, I help people authentically shine. I have other ones. Oh, she, there was another one. She said, I craft community. She's a crafter and she's all about creating communities. And I think that's the shortest one I've ever heard, three words. So I don't know, maybe I can ask you, like, why don't you take a stab at it? Like, what would be a broad, personal, resonant sentence that would get at the deeper emotional drive for your business? Yeah, this is really fascinating. I love how you're basically workshopping me now. It's great. <laughs> um, gosh, okay, wow. So I didn't know that that was kind of how you defined purpose. So mm -hmm. I'm, like, genuinely... Like, I genuinely haven't prepared this. Um, well, tell me, what did you think, what had you thought for which yeah. I had it? So I have a couple things coming up as you, as you just asking me. It's interesting, though, that you say, and I am going to say them. I'm not going to, like, avoid the question, but it's just, it's interesting that you said that um, it's not the same as your mission statement that's on your website, because I think okay. a lot of people would think that that's what it was. And I definitely did think that it would be something along those lines. So I'm really fascinated about this idea that it can be something that, that drives so many different areas of your life. Kind of, kind of well, love that. So, yeah, and that's actually how, that would be the next step. So once we create the purpose statement, the purpose power phrase, then I ask my members to say, okay, now how would that purpose come to life in your business mission statement? So, for example, my, my personal purpose is I help people bring ideas to life, but my business mission is I, I'm actually trying to remember how I phrase it, I help entrepreneurs uncover their unique purpose and bring it to life in everything they do, both online and off. So you can see there's a connection between the two, but my business mission is just one expression of my purpose. And to be honest, that mission statement used to be different. It used to be much more focused on web design and branding and strategy and how to bring your life, your business to life online through digital holistic strategies, you know, things like that. And so my mission statement has changed, but what hasn't and what has always remained constant is my purpose. The, it's just the expression of the purpose that evolves as we evolve. So you have to almost go a step deeper and try to see, well, what has always lit me up? What have I always been doing? Has, or what am I most excited about? You know, maybe for you, it's about creating space. You know, have, you have to find those like magical little words that yeah. light you up. 
So the words that I always come back to, and obviously as an entrepreneur, I've thought a lot about kind of what I'm doing and why I'm doing my business and who I want to help. And the words that I always come back to are freedom mm-hmm. and to feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I think also defining your own version of success mm-hmm. and not being driven by what someone else thinks success should be for you and I think the last two things that always come to mind are like you said finding space but for me it's kind of finding stillness finding calm and clarity which can be summed up as as stillness within yourself or peace within yourself whatever that looks like and then the last thing that really came to mind when you were speaking was just this idea that you are enough no matter what you do or more likely what you don't do or what you feel like you should have done but you haven't or whatever all the ways that we beat ourselves up for not being what we think we should be so I think it's it's like it's a combination of all those things I mean for me I guess the biggest one is this idea of inner stillness which is why I'm so obsessed with meditation because for me it helps that helps you cultivate that sense of inner stillness because that to me is like the starting point for everything else freedom feeling good enough being fulfilled if you can find a place of like inner stillness and calm and peace whatever you want to call it within yourself you then have a really rock solid foundation to do all the other things to like find freedom to find self-worth you know I mean, gosh, you have so much to work with right there. You know, at this point, if we were workshopping this, I would have you write down all of those little seeds, all those little words, you know, breathe, cultivate, freedom, space, stillness, and just start to create like five, six different versions of a statement. And typically, you know, at least when I work with my collective members, they can come up with 20 of them and I tell them, pick one. But just let that be in the back of your head for a while. Because actually my original purpose statement was I help make the invisible visible. And it didn't ever quite land with me, but I kept it in the back of my head for a while. And then all of a sudden I had the clarity after kind of putting it out in the world and figuring it out. So I always say, you know, create a draft and just see how it comes to life for a while and it will start to become clear what feels right. And I typically I see people try to do these long, you know, multiple clause statements. And I'm, I tell them, I'm like, just a heads up, like you're gonna wanna simplify this because you want it to feel like a mantra. You want it to feel like something you can return to time and time again. But you have so many different ways that you can go about that. And I think what was interesting was you started to almost delineate the method that you do like inner stillness is the method to creating the result which you mentioned freedom you mentioned a couple things so i think for you you'd have to decide what feels right to me is it the method or is it the result i don't know i don't know the answer but it could be you know i help people create freedom or i help others know that they are enough or, you know, you ha- it has to feel good and tingly for you, but you have all of the, the pieces to play with. Now you got to just bring them together into something beautiful. 
Wow. I love that. Such a lot to to think about. Yeah. I also love how you say that it kind of has to make you feel sparkly and tingly because it's like that's when you know that it's the right the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just has to like click like a little internal click. You know, that's what you want to feel. Oh, my gosh. I also love how you said it can't be this long multi-clause sentence because I'm like the queen of long multi-clause sentences. Yeah, you know, because that is the that is the realm of the brain, right? That is the realm of logic, and that is great for a mission statement, for sure, but it's not great for something you want to carry around every day with you. Um, you want to really touch into the emotional undercurrent behind everything that you do and really refine what that is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. I didn't intend for this podcast to be like my own personal workshop, but hey, if it works, like, let's do it. I love it. I mean, that's the process, though. Yeah, it's fantastic. I kind of love how you're saying that it goes beyond your mission because, you know, I'm a meditation teacher. I talk about the mind body connection. I'm always talking about like focusing on your body and letting your body tell you what your mind already knows and. And even you speaking about your purpose making me feel tingly, it kind of, it's really making me kind of almost go into my body and really feel like where I'm sitting and being really grounded and kind of feeling like, ooh, what, what feels right in my body, you know? Like it's not just an intellectual exercise. No, no. I mean, we start in the intellect, but you have to go way deeper. And I think the only word I would change in what you said, you said, I like how it goes beyond your mission. I would say it drives your mission. You know, like I always almost envision this all as layers, like your mission's up here at the top. And then your purpose is the thing way at the bottom, almost like the core of the earth, right? It's the core of the earth. And then up on the surface, that's your mission. And your mission can change because your core can drive something new that's related to it. So it's not beyond it's driven by yeah that makes perfect sense and I guess it's like you said you know your your mission has changed you used to do web design and now now that's not one of your main things you know like I think it's the same with me as well it's kind of like I used to think that I could just help like all women and now I'm like oh no actually I really love focusing on female entrepreneurs because I love their sense of adventure and I love the fact that they are seeking freedom just like me and you know so it's kind of that is more like like you said your kind of intellectual mission like who I help and you know the specifics but like I feel like the purpose is something that it's like you say it kind of remains yeah and that's that's the cool thing and I think a lot of I know a lot of entrepreneurs come to me saying they're really stuck with a niche they're like I want to find my niche my niche however you want to say it and I'm like that's fine but like your niche can change like, we, that, you definitely want to know it. You want to know, like, your target audience, your demographic as an entrepreneur. But, like, your, your, your niche, your audience can change as your purpose starts to evolve in different ways. And the, the problem isn't in finding your niche. It's about just focusing on that because that's a what. That's a top-layer thing. And what's more important and what's more powerful is to let that niche be driven by the purpose. And so that's why I always start with clarifying that versus talking about like audience demographics and all that stuff's not hard. Like that's easy. What's hard is really getting in touch with that emotional drive that you want to let move you forward in your life and then creating a strategy to build it. 
your niche, you can figure that out easily. I kind of love that because it really flies in the face of a lot of business advice. Yeah. So many business advice starts with, okay, so let's talk about the demographics and your like ideal client avatar and all of this, which is cool Like if that works for them. But for me, I've always been a bit like, that feels a bit, I don't know, it feels like I'm trying to fit myself into a, I don't know, what's the word? Like a round peg into a square hole or whatever. No, the other way around. That, w- that wouldn't work. <laughs> a square peg into a round yeah. And it's not that it's not important. It's just not where you need to start if you want to be a purpose-driven entrepreneur. Look, you can be an entrepreneur who doesn't care about any of the things that we're talking about, but I'm guessing no one listening to this is that person. So go for it. Focus on your niche first and don't think about anything else. But if you want to have a, a sustainable, meaningful impact in your business and in your life, start at the purpose first and let that dictate what you do next. I think also it's, it's really important to have a purpose and to have a driving force because business can be really hard. Like entrepreneurship can be really difficult. And like we were saying earlier, it's about having the courage to experiment. But that doesn't mean that it isn't soul destroying when you do something and it doesn't work. And I think if you don't have a purpose underlying the entire reason why you're doing what you're doing it can feel really easy to just be like well I'm just going to give up because I don't have any real reason to keep going yeah I mean that's that's the reason I created this is because I felt so sad when I would work with people work with women entrepreneurs who were so overwhelmed they were so burnt out and even I've been this way where you almost want to give up, like you said. And that that breaks my heart. And that goes against my purpose, you know? Like, that riles me up so much when people want to give up. I almost get mad. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want you to give up. Here's what we're going to do. You know, I, I wish I could remember this quote, but, like, someone had said something, like, your purpose is what you hate most in the world, but the opposite. Something like that. And, like, I hate when people give up on their ideas or when they don't work towards bringing them to life. And so my purpose is the opposite, is, like, I want to empower people and help them learn how to do that. So oftentimes you can maybe, if you're struggling with, you know, what is my purpose, I'll ask yourself, what do you hate the most? (laughs) What really riles you up? Like, not just, like, oh, I hate you know, mushrooms, like, I hate, you know, this thing in life, it really, really makes me sad, or angry, or whatever, and then ask yourself why. Yeah, 100%, 100%, I love that, and that, that really makes sense to me as well, because it's like, if you really imagine, like, what, what really annoys you, like, what do you just want to, like, sort out about the world, like, what would, if you were, like, the queen for the day, like, what would you do? (laughs) like what would be the thing or even I find when you're talking to people what really unsettles you like what do you wish that people wouldn't do or could suddenly fix or and I think for me as well it's like going back to what I was saying about why I I do what I do is this like simplifying like stillness like let's just like get all of the crap and the distractions and the noise and the bs and the what you think you should be doing or how you think you should be or what that person said or just just like get rid of it and just like inner stillness you know there you go and 
I think that's yeah that that that's what always annoys me when I'm with people I'm I'm always just like no this is too like too much like I I don't care about what Sheila said on Thursday like no like simplify you know (laughs) yeah I mean that's a great way to kind of enter this you know some people you know I always tell people everything is revealed in contrast and so sometimes if the positive route isn't working for you, go the negative because that's going to show you the light on the other side. So I love that. Oh my God. I love that too. What a great way in. It's like, okay, just figure out what annoys you the most. And there you go. You got it. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Oh, so we have spoken a lot about entrepreneurship and burnout. And one of the things that I ask people on this podcast is how do you manage that as an entrepreneur because and correct me if I'm wrong but I find that a lot of us teach what we still need to know or what we wish that we had known when we first started out and for me a lot of the stuff that I teach are things that I still need to put in practice in my own life like on a daily basis I mean before we started recording you were like how did your week go and I was like honestly my week has been a bit of a shit show I've been chasing after myself all week I can't believe that it's Friday it feels like it's still like Wednesday in my head you know and it's I have to practice what I preach and be like okay let's calm down let's go back to basics let's be kind to ourselves let's sit and meditate get some focus get some clarity And so for me, the stuff that I teach is still like really relevant in my life. What habits or tactics or even just like self-care rituals do you have that keep you from going back to that place where you were before, that place of burnout? Yeah, I'm the queen of burnout. I'm really good at it. I would get a gold star in school for burnout. Um, Done it many ways in different ways. And, uh, you know, I think the thing, and yeah, I totally agree with you. Like I teach what I don't want other people to do because I've done it. (laughs) And I've also figured out how to not do it, but I still fall into that trap. Like the last time I burnt out was February (laughs) of this year. And every time I do it, I'm surprised that it's happened again. And I have to relearn the lesson and then unlearn it and then start all over again. But every time that I do, I feel like I learn a little gem that moves me forward. And I think most recently, I've really discovered that it's ignorance that causes burnout. But when I say ignorance, I really mean like ignorance. It's when I start to ignore or when I am unaware of all the signals that are going to tell me it's coming. Like, for example, I stop meditating in the morning or my habits that I normally have start to fall off to the wayside because I'm not prioritizing them or I'm not sleeping well. You know, there are all these little clues and a lot of them are physical. A lot of them have to do with time and kind of even mental energy. Like when I just get so overwhelmed by anything, you know, like someone brings something up and I just can't even make a decision because my brain is so tired. Like all of those are clues to me that I start to ignore. And that is what happens close to when I burn out. 
And I think the thing about burnout is you don't typically know you're burnt out until you're in it or you're just out of it. So what I've done to try to curb it is to be more intentional leading up to moments and months in my life where I know things are going to be busy. So right now I'm in launch mode. You know, I have this big challenge I just launched. I'm about to open up my collective again and get new members. And I learned my lessons on how to not launch six months ago. And so this time I'm proactively creating strategies to curb what happened last time. So just to give you a tangible example, one thing I'm going to be doing is creating a launch celebration schedule for myself. And what I want to do is to create a, like take little pieces of paper and write different celebrations that I'm going to do throughout the week and combine that with the schedule. So, you know, day one of the launch at noon, I'm going to pick a piece of paper out of the little bucket and there's going to be something on it like drink a glass of champagne or go to your favorite yoga class or binge Queer Eye season five. You know, like just little celebration things to reward myself for doing the work and whatever results I get, just celebrating that. Because I think one of the struggles I had last time was just not hitting numbers, not really knowing what I was doing, and then compounding that with my inner critic and listening to the inner critic. Because the inner critic's always there. It's if we choose to listen to it or not. So that's one of my little tactical strategies that I'm going to do in the coming weeks is just create a little celebration schedule, pre-planned little fun things for myself, and just have a more joyful time. And I, I'm already feeling lighter, I'm already feeling happier, and I'm already feeling more excited about this launch. And I think that energy will come through to my audience too and make me feel better. Oh my gosh, I think that is just total genius. I mean, what a fantastic plan. We should all just have buckets of cool stuff in them and every now and again, just plan to pick one out. I mean, what a brilliant idea. <laughs> I like it. So. It'll be fun. Yeah. I think it's just like remembering that you can actually be playful and you can inject moments of joy into your life even if you're in the middle of a really hard season like it's you know like even if things are really tough there's still going to be something that you can do that's going to take your mind off it for a second or that's going to feel like a moment of joy or silliness or you know like so important yeah, and that's been a mission for me this year is do what makes me feel good. You know, I've worked really hard in my business to get it to where it is now, and I want to just have more fun. I want to throw some clay at the wall and see what sticks. I want to create little products that I've had in my mind for years, and, you know, a celebration schedule sounds great, and this challenge I'm doing sounds fun, and, you know, even when I was doing the challenge branding, I was like, I want there to be sparkles and glitter and unicorns, you know, like, I want to do something that makes me feel good. And thankfully, like, I've gotten to the place in my business where I feel like that's okay. And people like it and they resonate with it. And I feel like the more fun I have, the more fun my audience has. And, of course, that ends up being beneficial for everyone. Yeah, totally. I think as well, you're so right. Like, I think if we spend too long trying to sort of project this perfect facade people can tell like people can tell that we're trying too hard or that we're, we're trying to kind of come across as if we're having the best time but actually like it's all a bit of a struggle and I was recording a podcast last week and I don't know 
in my typical fashion, I haven't actually got a proper schedule for when these episodes are going to go out yet. So I don't know if this will have already been out probably before your episode, but long story short, we basically said like, it's okay for business to be easy. It's okay for it to be fun. You, you don't have to work yourself to burn out. You don't have to do the things that feel really tough in order to create a business that you, that you like, that you enjoy, because it's like, it's your life. It's your business. Like if you want to do something with like glittering unicorns on it, then like freaking do it. Like why would you not, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I totally agree. I think it takes time to hone that comfortability, to hone your authentic voice. I know that's a buzzword, but to really get in touch with what lights you up and to be comfortable marrying that with public perception, you know, especially in the online space. So I think it takes time to get to that place, but once you build that confidence, like have at it, go have a party, you know, but keep working towards that. Cause I know at least a lot of my collection members don't feel that way. Um, they don't feel like it's fun because they just don't feel confident yet. So I just keep telling them, keep showing up, keep throwing things out there, you know, keep building confidence in your message and in yourself and it will become fun, but it does take time. I definitely agree. I think it's a practice. And even though I'm all about that, I still have moments in my business where I'm like, can I, can I say that? Can I do it in that way? Like, can I, can I post that graphic on my Instagram or can I, can I write that on my sales page? And then it's always this realization of being like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's your sales page, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, only with this challenge and the past like couple of months of pulling stuff together, that's when I've really like just gone for it. Like I have emojis and I think my tagline for the challenge is less hustle, more sparkle. And I'm like obsessed with that tagline, but like I would have never done that even like a year ago. So it's great. It's so liberating. It's like do what you want. And that's kind of going back to what you were saying before. It's this idea that actually if you spend less time on worrying about what you think you should do and what niche you should fit into and you know the exact demographic of your ideal avatar or whatever or all the other jargony buzzwords that people always talk about in entrepreneurship you focus less on that and more on why you're doing what you're doing you will attract the people that resonate with your entire mission or I should say your entire purpose you will attract those people and maybe you'll repel a bunch of people who are like what the heck's this what what is she talking about sparkles I don't know like what does that mean but it's like you don't want someone in your challenge that doesn't get what you mean by that anyway so you know it's all good (laughs) right right yeah no I agree with you I think uh I think that's where you tap into magic that's where you tap into the magic of entrepreneurship is really where you can live with purpose lead with purpose build your business on purpose and just have fun with it it takes work but it's possible. Heck yeah, I'm feeling super empowered. You used the word empowered before. I'm like, I'm all fired up now to do all of the things. I love it. (laughs) So we did talk briefly about the fact that you still struggle with burnout. And I really want to thank you for being really honest about that. Mm -hmm. And you did also mention that you have certain habits that help you to stave it off or habits that help you to not go there or maybe when you are there maybe you just spend less time there and you're able to recover quicker than you might have done before can you share 
what your meditation habit looks like or what those other habits are that help you figure out kind of how you're doing? So I meditate every morning for 15 minutes. Pretty simple, seated meditation. I uh, would love to learn how to get better at it. I, I tend to do, so in my yoga training, we learned about the two types of meditation, which I'm sure you know, um, dharana, which is the focused meditation, and dhyana, which is, you know, open awareness. So I actually like to kind of split my 15 minutes in two, not with a timer or anything, just kind of knowing that's what I'm doing. So I like to focus on my breath for about 20 to 25 counts in and out. And then I just do open awareness for the second half. I find that I really struggle with the first half <laughs> of just staying focused on my breath. My mind likes to wander. I tend to do really well with open awareness. Um, I, I think it just feels good. And But, you know, I definitely have struggled over. It's been a few years of doing that every morning. And I've struggled to kind of keep it fresh and and try new things, you know, because sometimes it just feels like I'm just sitting there thinking about my day. Um, but overall, I've seen huge benefits from cultivating that practice. Um, and just, you know, believing in myself that I can keep a habit that's important to me. I think that's huge. Uh, so I do that every morning. And then I do a lot of moving meditation. So I love walks. You know, yoga is big for me. Um, and just like physical for me, like any physical movement, although it's not typical meditation for me, it just clears my mind and creates stillness. So running, you know, working out, yoga, walking, all of those things. And then for a long time, but I haven't done it in a while, I'd like to start doing it again as yoga nidra. Gosh, that is my most favorite thing in the world. Uh, I remember it being crucial when I was recovering from hospitalization and just the physical trauma of that is this yoga nidra changed my whole life. Uh, and I still have quite a few like MP3s that I can pull out when I need it. So yeah, my, I, don't, I just do a simple 15 minute in the morning and then moving meditation and then when I can yoga nidra. You don't do yoga nidra in the morning, right? No, no, no. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like I would literally go straight yeah. back to sleep for like another three hours if I didn't I don't I don't like doing it at night though either uh, I like I like midday that's so interesting yeah you're the first person that I've ever heard that says that because for me well, yoga, yoga nidra is like the best thing before sleep like ever see I don't like that because I don't know I guess I was told and I used to do yoga nidra every Sunday so I do a power yoga class and then yoga nidra right after it. It was like the perfect combination. And I feel like the yoga nidra probably started like 1130. So I was like, I'd worked out, I'd been up, and then I did that. And they would always say, you know, the amount of rest, brain rest that you get in yoga nidra for 45 minutes is a tantamount to like three hours of sleep. And so I was like, well, why would I want to sleep right before I go to bed kind of thing, you know? So, yeah, I never... I never really liked doing it right before bed. Do you know, that makes perfect sense because I always say that meditation is not purely a relaxation technique, you know. It's not just about getting so relaxed that you fall asleep. And I always kind of 
make that distinction to people because I think a lot of people just think that meditation is just about being calm and I think it's really important to highlight that even with something like yoga nidra which is ultimately about like relaxing and kind of being really conscious of your body and for people that haven't done it you know relaxing different parts of your body in, in turn and I mean I I did an incredible yoga nidra class in Bali a couple of years ago and it was just the most magical thing and there were a lot of people that that did fall asleep like bless them they were probably just really tired or jet lagged or something but I think for me it was almost so magical like you say to kind of go to that place that is super relaxing for your brain and giving yourself that permission and that space but actually not going to sleep kind of staying in that that place of kind of deep I don't know to me it kind of feels like permission to just be Mm -hmm. yeah I never fall asleep but especially in that body scan that you just mentioned I would get about halfway through that and then stop hearing anything but I wasn't asleep you know and and then as soon as they say okay come back I would be you know back and so it was almost like crazy timing like exactly with but it was also with certain voices like not everyone does that for me so I love yoga nidra wow that sounds amazing like it kind of takes you to like another place yeah yeah wow I could talk about yoga nidra for ages but I won't because it just yeah it just makes me feel super zen um okay so that's really great so you you like to do a lot of kind of movement do you ever do any sort of journaling or anything like that I know that a lot of people that I speak to enjoy journaling like no pressure if you don't I don't but it's been something I've been considering I'd love to do like a, I've seen this five minute journal, just like a little practice in the morning, especially in terms of gratitude. I think that's something I struggle with. Um, I'd be interested in doing that. I do do a lot of writing though, and that feels very meditative to me. Like I write an email every week to my audience and yeah, it's like partly a marketing email, but it's very personal as well. And so that's been an awesome practice. And I've been doing that for over a year now. And that was, again, something I've been wanting to do for years and finally cultivated the habit. And I've done like, I think, 50, 60 different letters. I call them postcards on purpose every Friday. So that's so great. Yeah, I have a similar thing. I I recently renamed it the Badass Bulletin, (laughs) which just makes me laugh because I'm just like, that's hilarious and like what a crazy name nobody calls their emails bulletins but I was just like I kind of love the badass bulletin thing and I agree like for me that's always a bit of a it's not journaling but it's like I don't hold back when I write it I really do share breakthroughs and quite personal issues that I've been struggling with or that I've been thinking about that week and of course I bring in like my meditation philosophy and how it helps but you're right it's about kind of like putting words onto paper and that can also be really therapeutic or like cathartic as well yeah I mean I think everything in my business is almost like a meditation um well maybe my meditation practice has made it that way because I can catch myself during the day working and you know hearing that inner voice come up and letting that voice distract me and take me off into these other realms And so, you know, one of my practice just in day-to-day life and working is to notice that and to bring it back and to notice it and bring it back and continually do that as I'm building things, as I'm designing things, you know? Like, I think 
being a purpose-driven entrepreneur means you're a mindful entrepreneur. And you look at all the ways that you get in your own way, all the ways that you hold yourself back, and you become aware of the times that you do that so that you can move forward with more grace, with more intention, and definitely with a little bit more grit as well. Yeah, 100%. I love that. I love that because that's just so what I'm about as well, you know, like there's a phrase that the meditation teacher um, Jeff Warren always says. He always says that when you first start meditating, you think that it's about the 10 or the 15 minutes that you're sitting in formal meditation. But actually the practice is about how to make the rest of your life meditative. And that, I kind of love that. And I think for beginners, that that feels really overwhelming because it's like, what, I have to be like this super mindful Zen master for my entire life? Like, I can't even do it for 10 minutes on the cushion. What are you even talking about? That sounds insane. But I think it's like the more you do it, you're like, oh no, it's like a mental practice. Yeah, I think the thing that really showed me the benefits was speaking. So I speak a lot on stage. And even I started meditating when I was still acting, but that is the clearest way to see the benefits of meditation because you are in you are talking and you are embodying an idea and you are delivering a message yet all the while words are coming out of your mouth you are still thinking in your head right and it's the craziest thing and you can really clearly see it when you're in front of an audience and i think the more i started meditating a few years ago the more or the less that voice was as a parent while I was speaking. And maybe this is a little bit abstract, but I really feel like the voice quieted down and I could transmit and deliver a more powerful message the more that there weren't two tracks playing at the same time. And I think that benefit then told me, oh, okay, well, now I can bring this into all of my life. And, you know, obviously I still struggle with certain aspects, but... I think the more that you can be meditative in your life, not zen and zoned out, but like very aware, the more you'll see the benefits in cool instances like that. And I think it also goes to play with, you know, the more purposeful you can be, the more clarified of a purpose you have, you're going to start to see that coming into your life more because purpose is really just about having an intention and delivering on that intention, right? And meditation gives you a strong base to find that clarity yes to find what we've been calling inner stillness yeah like you say to reduce the number of tracks playing in your head and just focus on one love it okay cool so is there anything i should have asked you that i did not i have no idea (laughs) i think we covered a lot of ground to be honest is there something you wanted to ask me that you didn't Nope, I just wanted to, I always ask that question at the end, because I know sometimes I go down little tangents, and maybe you've been sitting there for like the whole conversation being like, I just want to mention this one thing. But if there isn't, my absolute final question is, how can people work with you? How can people find you? You've got your challenge, you've got your collective. If people want to get super involved in the world of Quinn, where do they go? Well, definitely go to Instagram because I spend way too much time on the gram. So you can find me at quinn.tempest and you're going to find a lot of colorful murals, a lot of inspirational things, and I'm on stories all of the time. 
So definitely go there. And then my website has a lot more information on purpose. Um, so you can find that at prayingwithcompass.com. And one of the things that I would guide people to do if they're interested in what we talked about is to take my purpose quiz. So it's 12 questions uh, leading you through kind of your challenges, your strengths, your values. And at the end, you get one of eight purpose profiles. And that will give you a whole detailed look at what your purpose may be. I can't tell you what it is, but you can use that to reflect with intention on what it is. So that's on my website. And then, yeah, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'll likely be doing the challenge again, the Create Your Purpose Challenge, maybe once or twice a year. This is my first one, so I'm going to see how it goes. But it starts June 30th. And then, yeah, I'm inviting new members into my membership community, the Create Your Purpose Collective. And part of that is a course that helps everyone clarify their purpose, build that strategy, and start to align it. And we do talk about lots of business stuff too, Instagram, sales, all of that stuff. So I only open that up about twice a year, and I'm doing that this summer pretty quickly. So would love to have anyone join. It's an amazing, magical community, and I, it's only going to get better from here. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Quinn. Um, this has been a fantastic, colorful, but also actually really honest and really practical conversation. So thank you so much for coming on. I really hope that, you know, we can continue to speak and continue to share the message of like what it means to be a mindful, purposeful entrepreneur. I'm all about it. Thanks for having me. If you enjoy this podcast, the best way to support it is to hit subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen so that many other like-minded women just like you and me can discover it and share the word. I'd also absolutely love it if you could let me know what your favorite takeaway was from this week's episode. Come and tag me on Instagram at breathe like a badass. You can take a screenshot of the podcast episode that you're listening to or just come and drop me a DM because let's be honest, I'm on Instagram pretty much every single day and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. As I say, the best way that you could continue to support podcasts like this and incredible women in business, just like the ones that I interview on this show, is to hit subscribe, leave a review and share. In the meantime, thank you again and I cannot wait to see you back here for next week's episode. Just remember, breathe like the badass you are and you won't go far wrong.